0: Hi, I'm Claire Mitchell QC. Welcome to the Witches of Scotland podcast. I'm a lawyer who specializes in miscarriage of justice cases. And we're bringing you this podcast because we want to tell you about the women who were accused, prosecuted, convicted, and ultimately executed as witches in Scotland. I'm Zoe Vendetotsy
1: and I'm a writer who's always had an interest in the witches and I feel that this dark mark against
0: Scotland needs a reckoning. The campaign Witches of Scotland wants three things. Firstly, a pardon for all those convicted of witchcraft. Secondly, an apology for all those who were accused as witches. And finally, a national monument in recognition of all those who are affected by this terrible miscarriage of justice. Over the
1: forthcoming weeks, we'll be talking to a whole host of experts about the history and the modern day connections to the Witches of Scotland. Hello and welcome to the Witches of Scotland podcast. Claire, you're never going to believe what's gone and happened. <laughs> I think I will, Zoe. Zoe. We've only gone and recorded another episode of the Witches of Scotland Bloomin' podcast.
0: When will it end? It's never going to end, baby. (laughs) No,
1: it's good. I just can't believe there are so many people that are endlessly fascinating. It's really great. And today is an interesting one because instead of just having one guest, we've got two because of some stuff that's coming up. But more of that anon. I was just wondering,
0: Claire. Is there any news that you'd like to share with us? I think we can share quite a lot of news today. The biggest bit of news is that we went down to Parliament and we gave evidence. What was that like, Zoe? It was
1: cool. Well, to be entirely clear, you went down to Parliament. I was on my phone, like a video link up in the SQA cupboard in my school. So- <laughs> I was in the cupboard with my phone propped up in a couple of boxes and a biscuit tin. But that was quite exciting. The bell rang at one point, which made me feel quite stressed that they would hear that in Parliament. But I think it was okay. I think we winged it. But it was cool. It was really cool, wasn't it?
0: Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, apparently we were the first people back to give evidence in person. I was the first person to come back to the committee and give evidence in person since the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. the first person in two years. So I don't know if that was why we got a warm welcome. but And it's available to watch, isn't it? So if people want to... Yeah, it's a little bit of a long watch. It's about 45 Mm -hmm. minutes, but we've shared it on Twitter. We've shared it on Facebook. We'll probably put links to it on the Witches of Scotland page as well because I think it really well encapsulates... A lot of what we wanted to talk about. I really thought that the questions they were asking showed that they had taken on board what the campaign was about and I don't know about you but I felt that they were really genuinely interested. Oh in definitely and I was,
1: I was quite taken with the fact that there was people from different parties that all seemed to be supportive you know, and their, their questions were definitely very positive. It didn't feel like there was any questions that were, you know, not that they would do this, but that they were trying to trip us up or that they they felt it was a waste of time or anything like that. It all seemed quite sensible.
0: They could, though. I mean, if they thought something was not sensible, they could have certainly said. They could have certainly been mm-hmm. really challenging. And, I mean, I think they did ask us a lot of important questions, like why now? What kind of people were accused? What's the point of it? What's the point of a national memorial? But yeah, I just felt they were really, really engaged with it. So that is the first thing in the news. We were absolutely delighted to be asked down and hopefully we've made a good impression on them and the campaign obviously is going to be put forward by them. Essentially what we were saying to them was, we want a legislative pardon, we want to ask on International Women's Day that an apology be given and we want a national memorial please can you assist us by recommending to Parliament that these things happen. Now, slightly complicatingly, with the timing of it, I'm not sure whether or not the committee will be able to meet again before the 8th to recommend anything about the apology. So I'm not sure time-wise if they're going to be able to do that. But we are going to write to the committee and just remind them of that time issue and see whether or not, as a committee... might meet perhaps on email or something like that and if they agree that that's the right thing to do to put that forward to parliament or to the government because i'm not quite sure how otherwise they would do it it's
1: great though to see that there's just so much uptake from people so much support after you know two years of pretty hard work on our part i'm not saying it's not fun and it is it's interesting to do you know jokes aside of how many podcasts we've done it definitely helped keep me sane during lockdown and it's Really amazing to be involved in something that's so sort of big and potentially very sort of historic. That's been great. But it's really nice to see there's so much broad support for the campaign.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's funny is it's good that what's kept us seen during lockdown is slowly driving us mad. <laughs> when lockdown is easing up because we've just <laughs> got so much stuff to do. And just a quick insight into our lives. Neither of us are particularly good at transpires at diarising things. Would you say that was fair, Zoe?
1: I think that's very fair. And it's nice because there's a constant surprise every day of what we've agreed to do. And then we realise we have to do it. So that's good. That's nice. Yeah. Keeps us on our toes, it I does. think, definitely. It does. Yeah. It
0: does. And but, then
1: that leads us on to the next stage then. So, well, another another stage. It's not really the next stage,
0: but something else that's happening. And what is that, clear? Yes, in the news, news item number two, is that the consultation process for the private members bill is now underway. So what happens is they have to produce a public consultation document. And that document is drawn up by the bills unit and Natalie Dawn, who's bringing forward the private members bill and it sets out the background to the Witches of Scotland campaign, why the legislation is being sought, and it asks people to contribute by answering the consultation process. So we've now been sent the consultation process to have a read of. we're just reading through that at the moment, and it's now almost ready to be sent out to the public. So Zoe, this is an amazing chance, this is a chance for each and every person Who has ever been interested to get involved, to be part of this historic movement to have these people, mostly women, pardoned? So, if and when we put out the forms, please do fill out the consultation forms. You can do that if you're an individual, you can do it as groups, you can do it as companies, and share, share, share. People keep contacting us now and saying, can we sign the original petition? Can we sign the petition for public support? And I've said to them, no, but there might be something that you can sign in the future. This is it. This is the document where you have your say and you get to tell everyone the strength of feeling that you have for supporting the campaign, to have those people who were executed as witches pardoned. So please do when we share that with you guys share it far and wide with all your contacts so we have as many people as possible getting back in contact and telling them about the strength of feeling fantastic
1: that's brilliant and also because we're building up to international women's day which is obviously when we launched it's an important anniversary for us we have got some events over the course of that day and the day before and after. But on the actual night of International Women's Day, so that's the 8th of March, we are doing an event at the National Library of Scotland, which is a Zoom event. We're gonna go there to record it, but that's then gonna be Zoomed out to everybody. And I know that that has already, the other day had 300 tickets sold to that one already. So I don't know if I told you that actually, Claire.
0: No, no. But when you say tickets sold, the event's free, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, not, sorry. Sold is entirely the wrong word. Tickets requested, reserved. Obtained. People Obtained. have booked in. I don't know. <laughs> people have taken their virtual seats. They have. I don't know. But 300, 300 people anyway, at that point, had shown an interest. that would be interesting. So it's the two of us. And I think that we're going to be talking to Amina Shah initially, who is the head librarian of the National Library of Scotland. So I think she's like the heady for the whole of Scotland's libraries. She's
0: the high Heechin.
1: She's the high hedion. Yeah, yeah, she's marvellous and a supporter of the campaign from the beginning. So that'll be really that'll be cool. And again, like you're saying, I'll just stress that again. It's free. So we'll have links on. We've been linking it already on Twitter and on Facebook, but we'll keep doing that in the run up to it. So if people are interested and I presume you can watch that wherever you are in the world, then you'll see the two of us having a wee chat about the campaign there. And about what's happening and particularly on International Women's Day, because obviously we've got that big art event in the morning with our good friend Laura Graham, who's doing her soul murder series, but we'll talk about that later on. But we're doing that. And then hopefully there'll be other things happening as well on International Women's Day. So that'll be cool. So that leads us on to a much less civilised point of conversation. Did
2: you
0: hear, ladies and gentlemen, did you hear that change in tone? This is my
1: Mrs. Vendetotzi voice. Oh my goodness, I'm sitting up Mm straight, actually. And somebody has been naughty. This is beyond naughty, though. I wouldn't just be giving this guy a punny. Pastor Jack's at it again in America. Now, I don't want to trivialise what he's doing by being funny, because actually this is incredibly serious and potentially really, really dangerous. He has now recently, this footage has come out. This is the chap that burned the books before, you'll remember. He's all about freedom to express yourself as long as it's the way he wants you to express yourself. He's now been recorded in one of his sermons, I guess you'd call them. A really bizarre sort of bit where he has named or has said there are three witches in his congregation and says such things as, we know who you are, you have to leave, they're new to the area. And what's chilling about it is not just that he's saying these things, it's not like it's a comedy piece, he's serious. It's that the way that the crowd are getting behind him and cheering and whooping, it's absolutely horrific. And it really made the two of us very much think about what it must have been like in the days of the witch hunts in Scotland and what it must be like for those people who are being accused of it now in parts of the world. It's just really horrific. And it's just incredibly threatening. And he says things like he knows what their names are. And it's sort of like beyond parody in some way, because at one point he says something like, and one of these women is in my wife's, bible study group you know and it's just like you know people must know who he's talking about and those people surely are probably in danger you know if they're they're not in physical danger then they're in danger of you know the things we talk about on the podcast about isolation and banishment and that sort of thing so it's just absolutely horrific
0: what i think is really scary when you watch it is you see the exact tricks that are used to get people on side it's not one of us it's not one of us that's a witch, mm-hmm. it's the outsider. It's the people that are new to town. So yeah. who are people that are new to the congregation? Somebody's sitting there going, well, I'm new, but I'm obviously not a witch. And we know who you are. And we've, we know that you're in my wife's Bible class. Mm-hmm. And it's the wife's ladies' Bibles class. It's like, well, Kel Priest, the people that are witches are, for Our some women. Reason, are women. And what really worries me about it is he's just doing this for clickbait. Oh, God, so much. That's what it's about. So much. He knows
1: exactly what he's doing, and it's so irresponsible. You could almost sort of, not even remotely forgive him, but moving towards that as, you know, somebody that's a good and moral person. You can almost do that if he was genuine and honest and sincere about it, and he genuinely feared that. It still wouldn't be acceptable. But for him to, it just seems so clear that he's cynically manipulating that audience, who presumably are giving him money. Like, he's presumably making money. The more people that know there's a show to come and see, as it ever was, the more people that are going to come along and put money in the plate. And I'm sure these days it's not just like putting a couple of dollars in. I'm sure it's much bigger. I bet he lives in a McMansion. You know what (laughs) I mean? I bet he does. I bet he drives a really big car like a Lexus or something like that. You know what I mean? I just It just fills me with absolute horror.
0: What I think is really scary when you watch it is the crowd reaction to
2: Mm them
0: the fact that they're feeding on it the fact that there's whoops and hollers and he's talking about driving the witches out you know not using those exact words but the language is not gentle the language is we're gonna find you you'd better get out before we find who you are Mm
3: -hmm. and i'm like
0: see when you watch this remember what he's doing is not talking about witches He is talking about women. He is manufacturing the idea that there are witches in the community. That does a number of things. It makes everyone ask, who is the witch? Who who is it? It makes people question women and women's motives for doing things. And all of a sudden, everyone's a suspect. It's terrifying. And I'm not going to link, we're not going to link to anything that he's got. I don't want to encourage the it's, the, it's the most the, obvious psychological
1: manipulation as well it's the most obvious divide and conquer and it, it shores up his power so tremendously that he he is the one that can see who is a witch he is the one that can deal with the threat of the witch you know so it puts people in this state of fear but it's almost like it's so performative it's like it's like watching a film you know it's like a really horrible stand-up it's so incredibly performative and I suppose that's always been the case you know it's oratory that's the way that it works yeah. but it's just so grotesque
0: it's dangerous theater mm-hmm. that's yeah. what it is and and if people if anything has been taught to us in the past few years perhaps you know past four or five six years or whatever is that ideas can seem ludicrous And can absolutely take hold Mm -hmm. until vast swathes of the population believe things that two years ago, three years ago, they wouldn't have believed. And that's what I really fear about this. We know that places in the world that witchcraft accusations are on the rise, pandemic related. And I'm just really, really scared that this takes hold again, because if we think it can't take hold in the modern day, we're completely wrong What happened to people hundreds of years ago wasn't because the people were stupid it was because they had a belief system and if our belief system changes to a belief system that witches are amongst us then we're going back several hundred years and particularly for women that's a really really dangerous thing to happen.
1: Yeah it's interesting because on the occasions where teachers have got in touch with us, particularly via Twitter, to say, oh, I did this exercise in class today, or somebody tells us about an exercise that they know somebody's done, where they give out that that thing where they give all the kids a, a slip of paper and it says whether they're a witch or not a witch, and then the kids have to work out who oh, the witch yeah. is. And I think part of that is that you don't actually name anybody as a witch. It's that everybody suspects everybody else. It's just such an obvious sort of play... To do to manipulate your congregation or your community, it's horrifying. What that is happen- why this campaign is still relevant. So that's you know, if you're talking to somebody and somebody says to you, "Well, what's the point of this? It was hundreds of years ago." That's the point. Just look at that. That's the point. And this isn't a country that's tremendously different to to the UK, to Scotland. These are people that technically speak the same language as us and have in some ways quite similar ways of looking at things. So yeah, horrifying, horrifying. Anyway. Change of topic. Change of topic. This time, instead of being cross, we are happy and we're thankful, aren't we, Claire?
0: We are thankful and happy. Um, What happened the other day, I was talking to a pal and they said something about our Wikipedia entry for Witches of Scotland. And I said, we don't have a Wikipedia entry. And she said, yeah, yeah, you do. And I was like, "Okay, Google Wikipedia entry. And there we found that brilliant work had been done. And through my very, very basic IT skills, I was able to track down the person that had done that work. And we just want to give grateful thanks to Dr. Melissa Higton, who, unbeknownst to us, set up a Wikipedia page for Witches of Scotland. And it's really great because... It's a resource where there are lots of useful links to articles about the campaign and things that we've said. So we're really grateful to Dr. Melissa Higton. She is Assistant Principal and Director of Learning, Teaching and Web Services at the University of Edinburgh. She's got a particular interest in equality, diversity and inclusion and has recently achieved a professional doctorate based on the work she has done leading organisational development projects exploring the balance digital leaders must achieve when they champion change on multiple fronts. And her work has won several awards. So thanks very much for doing that. She did it off her own back. We don't know her. And she went away and did this. And it was really, really great. And we're so grateful to her. Excitingly, we saw on Twitter that she tweeted just the other day that University of Edinburgh is looking for undergraduate students for a Scottish witchcraft data visualisation intern. So they're looking for undergraduate students, maybe I think it's a three month course or something like that for over the the holidays to do work in that area. So interestingly, the University of Edinburgh data visualisation are doing more things in relation to Scottish witchcraft. So thanks very much, Melissa. It's really good of you to have done that work for us. It's fantastic
1: because when we're talking about how important representation is, it is important, obviously, and we know that people have been doing work on this for, for a number of years, but making sure that women are represented on Wikipedia because it is the first stop for many people when they're looking into a subject. So it's useful, I think, and really necessary to have women and their work listed on there accurately. So it's really cool. And it's really exciting having a Wikipedia page. Yeah. So... Going on here to our next point, which is about the idea of remembering the women who were not witches, they were just women. Who
0: are we going to talk about this week, Claire? Well, what I did this week was I picked up on one of the questions that we were asked by the parliamentarians in the committee meeting asking us about witches of Scotland. And we were asked to give evidence what sort of things could get you accused of witchcraft. So I thought I'd just take three separate examples and show... The different, very ordinary, different type of things that could get you accused of witchcraft. So the first of those was an example I gave to the Parliament. And this is a case, quite a late case, because it's 1700, of a woman called Margaret Alexander. And her crime that got her accused of witchcraft, very sadly, was begging. The Survey of Scottish Witchcraft, which where we get all this information, always shout out to Survey of Scottish Witchcraft online, says that Margaret Alexander seems to have been a troublesome woman, that's a wee bit like a quarrelsome dame, mm. asking for charity and doing lots of cursing and offensive gestures, lots of muttering after refused charity. So she's obviously a poor destitute woman, who needs charity and help to survive. She's going to ask people for that charity and when they can't give it, she's muttering and it's saying that she's also given offensive gestures. It said that she would go begging to people's homes and also she would go begging at the Abbey in Paisley. She was denounced by two different people. She was denounced by Margaret Laird and Margaret Murdoch. Both people claimed to be tormented by witches Laird and Murdoch denounced a number of people and said that they were witches whilst they were having fits. Most of the witness testimony was given in Paisley. Laird gave her evidence on the 19th and 21st of April 1699, and Murdoch gave her testimony on the 22nd of April 1699 in Glasgow. Also testimony came from other people who witnessed the fits of Laird and also denunciations. Unfortunately, we don't know the outcome of what happened to Margaret Alexander. Around about that time, it appears that a number of cases called in court in Glasgow and were simply dismissed in 1700. And I'm very much hoping that Margaret Alexander's case was one of them. Zoe, what about the next person? So that leads us on to
1: Jonit Burt. And this is described as being a neighbour dispute. And that's one of the things that we said as well is that people could just fall out with the people in their town or their village or their street or whatever, and she was accused after falling out and having what's described as a grudge towards her neighbour, and she was accused on the twenty third of July, sixteen forty nine, so a little bit earlier, ten years before, and the end of her court date was the twenty third of November, sixteen forty nine. So a group, including Bert were investigated by the Kirk Session. Another two were identified by the witch pricker, but there are a few details about it. And in this case, the witch pricker was called Thomas Crawford. He was an elder in the parish, and the survey says that he was involved in six other recorded cases as a witch pricker. She was accused, John Burt, of having made a child ill after a dispute and requested to restore the child's health by its mother. She was searched, and the witch's mark seems to have been found... But again, we don't know what happened after her trial. So the trial took four months, but we don't know what the end result was.
0: The final person today that we're going to speak about is William McGilvery. And he was involved in what they call a property accusation, i.e. the reason behind the accusation of witchcraft was something to do with money or someone benefited by accusing someone of witchcraft. And of William McGilvery, it said that he was part of a large group of what was described as known witches to Lady Fowlis, and it was said that she had a supposed plot to destroy members of her family, and he was one of the people that worked for Lady Fowlis. What's said in the Survey of Scottish Witchcraft is this is a very standard type of early case, where accusations of witchcraft were used to alter inheritance of land, titles and property. It's not recorded what happened to him in his own papers, but it said that he's mentioned in another trial, and in the other trial it said that William McGilvery had been burnt. So we assume that he was convicted, strangled, and then burnt to get rid of his ashes. So we remember today three people, who were not witches, who were just people: Margaret Alexander, Janet Burt, and William McGilvery.
1: So today's guest, well it's guests in actual fact today, isn't it Claire? We've got two people on today and that's because of things that are just recently happened and are just about to happen. So our first guest today is actually, is quite exciting. We managed to arrange a little chat with Caterina Ubeda who is from Catalonia and she's here to talk to us about their successful campaign in Catalonia as a way forward for us. Thank you so much, Katerina, for joining us today on the podcast. We're really excited to talk to you about your campaign because we're with each other's opposite numbers. So it's nice to know how somebody else's campaign is progressing. And because you've been successful, maybe we can get some top tips from you. So we've got a bunch of questions. And the first thing I'd like to ask you is, why did you start the campaign?
2: We thought it was necessary to repair the memory of all those women accused and executed for witchcraft in Catalonia. And because we believe that witch hunt is a clear example of the attacks and discrimination that women have been subjected to throughout history. That's why we launched the campaign, They Weren't Witches, They were Women, that was, was inspired by initiatives like yours, a campaign that wanted to dignify and vindicate the memory of those women who were tortured and put to death. And what did you have as your aims at the beginning? We wanted to reach as many people as possible. On the one hand, we wanted to spread the historical research conducted by Pau Castell that was published in our magazine and on our website. And on the other hand, we also wanted to spread the historical reparation campaign and to get the support of the local councils and of the parliament. And you mentioned there the parliament. How did you bring your petition to them? We spoke to a member of the parliament of Catalonia and after several months, the motion was brought by the governing parties, Esquerra Republicana and Jules per Catalunya, along with uh, Far Left Group and Anti-Austerity in Comú Podem. You started it with a petition, didn't you?
0: Was it a petition that you ran through the magazine?
2: It was a, a manifesto that we published on our website and we asked people to sign it. We collected nearly 13,000 signatures. 12,672 signatures among anonymous people and institutions, including nearly 80 councils and associations from various fields, not only women, but press, culture, history. And besides that, 137 historians had also signed the manifesto. Parliament approved the proposal on 26 January with uh, 114 votes in favor from pro-independence and left-wing groups. Uh, We had uh, 14 votes against and 6 abstentions.
0: That was an overwhelming
2: majority. That means 84% of MPs.
0: 84%, around 84-85% is the percentage of women that were killed as witches in Scotland. That's a recurring percentage for us, we find, because also 85% of our listeners are women to this podcast. So that's funny that that's around the same amount. Did you have the support as well as the politicians? Was there general public support for the campaign?
2: We did have it, but uh, not just now. We we had the support of the general public from the very day we launched the campaign in March last year. The reaction on the social networks was immediate. Tweets joining and undergoing the campaign, people searching for the women condemned in their towns, in the digital atlas of the witch hunt, personalities making campaign support videos. We were on the media. Now, after the revolution, we have been again on the media, but not only in Catalonia and Spain, also in European media, like The Guardian, BBC, Le Monde, The Irish Times, New York Globe, France 24. Amazing. And the magazine issue on witchcraft has been sold out even in our online store. There are no copies left.
0: We got sent <laughs> copies. That was very, very kind of you to send us across copies of it. And it's such a beautiful magazine. If anyone... Thank you. Is it still in print at all? Can people get it if they order it from you?
2: Not now. Oh, Not now. There are no copies left, not even on the online store. There is one, one more thing that tells you the importance of the initiative on January 24th we organised a closing ceremony of the campaign in which we presented a a docufiction on which hand, produced by us, by Sapiens, and the public television of Catalonia, TV3, which was attended by the president, Pere Aragonés. Wow.
0: Wow. I heard that he commented on the TV show too. He described witchcraft as, I think, institutionalised femicide. Is that
2: right? Yes, yes, that's right. The decoficion is titled Bruises La Gran Mentida, which in English is uh, Witches, the Big Lie. And it has been directed by Juana Pardos. You can watch it on TV3's website. Did you find that there was any criticism at all of the campaign? Not really. If there was any, it was trivial, minimum. There has only been some criticism from some politicians, criticising the resolution of the parliament, but, but it is anecdotal. His argument is that that parliamentary debate should be about problems affecting the citizenry, real and current problems, Mm -hmm. not issues of the past. But as I say, it's trivial.
0: Yeah, I think if people don't understand that these are still modern day issues, if people don't understand that, I don't know how we can help them. I mean, it's so relevant to modern day issues for women that it flags up, as you said at the start, Katerina, flags up. That this is about the history of women and the treatment of women. And it's as important for the modern day as it ever could be.
2: Yes, this is just another example of how women have been treated and are still treated. But as I said, uh, it's minimal. Only maybe two, three politicians just saying this. When did Parliament pass the resolution
1: then? Last January 26th literally just so so recently it's amazing isn't it and you yes you seem to have really just got straight out and got the support and got the job done really quickly
2: well do you think one year is really quickly i think
1: so yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) we're on two years and it's still
1: going to be time yeah so one year seems tremendously quick to me what has happened now
2: legally what's the legal effect of the resolution the text seems to promote academic studies with gender perspective and include them in the academic curriculum. And the proposal also calls for a rich actions, like to raise awareness of this episode from history and its causes. Local councils in Catalonia are asked to revise the street names and include the names of women convicted of witchcraft. But I wanted to say these two things uh, had already been happening in some cities and villages since, since we launched the campaign. For instance, two children's playgrounds in the Catalan village of Palau Solita Plegamans have been named in honour of condemned witches.
1: Wow, that's amazing. A playground as well. That's
0: that's fantastic. <laughs> yes.
1: That's really cool. I
2: love that. I love the idea
0: that when children get that bit older and grow up, they can find out that the name of why their playground was called that and remember these women. It's absolutely yes. Awesome. Now, you said you had a closing ceremony, and Zoe, we must write that down. Closing ceremony, we must write that down. Good idea, good idea. That's a good idea. What now for the campaign? Is
2: there any more to do? We can always do more. We will still participate in acts of reparation, in debates. We have already been asked to attend several presentations of which is the big lie, and Pau is being invited to numerous talks.
0: Well, we really look forward to speaking to Pau Castell Mm. and uh, Professor Pau Castell and talking about his work, because I understand he contacted you and said, I have 10 years of research on the witch hunts and was able to help the campaign by giving you that information.
2: Yes, yes. And he's a star now and he appears on the docufiction as well. I I think that to have this docufiction on TV3 it's something big. The president attended the act, and then I think that that the parliament said, okay, that's the time to do it.
0: And it was just great, I can see. So the whole country has the opportunity to watch the television show, the president is there, and parliament felt it was the right time, and you have the resolution passed. We were so delighted here. We were tweeting, we were sharing, there were articles all over the world. We could not be more delighted for you. And we hope that you'll be supporting us if we manage to to get our legislation passed as well.
2: Of course, we'll do it.
0: Well, Zoe and I are very, very keen to come to Barcelona as part of our of Scotland. I love Barcelona.
1: I've been twice and I loved it. It was years ago, but I'd love to come back. So Claire and I are going (laughs) to definitely come back and celebrate your, your amazing campaign.
2: Yeah, you'll be welcome. Where do you live? In Dundee.
1: Yeah, I live near Dundee, Dundee, Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. So you, you say f- for you, one year is nothing because when we talk with uh, this member, with this MP, we were always asking and, and saying, oh, they are not answering, they say nothing, they will forget this. Uh, and we thought one year w- was a lot. Yeah.
0: Not for us. Maybe Zoe and I are just very, very slow. That's a, there's that possibility. It's not
1: um... us, it's Parliament. You <laughs> wow, are we ready. We could we would have we could have handed the stuff in on the Monday and we could have had it sorted by the Friday. It's just the uh, it's the parliament.
0: <laughs> it's not us. Yes. No. Also, though in Scotland, we knew so little about our history. We're not taught about our history in Scotland, the history of women in Scotland. So it took a long time for us to engage the public in the story of the people killed as witches and Zoe and I have been doing interviews we, we do press we've been talking to people we've been doing podcasts we've been speaking to experts you know trying to get the public to engage we didn't have unfortunately as much as we would love it we didn't have a magazine to be able to to tell I people
2: I think that's the difference because yeah. we are the leading history magazine in Catalonia and besides history, we are the leading magazine in Catalonia. You see, and this is a great platform. Yeah. Do a campaign like the one we did. We
0: have a slightly smaller platform of just the two of us on Twitter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your yeah. job is great. <laughs> well, we've... and if we take into account that this is not your job, because this is my job. This is Pau Castell's job as well. See, my job is, I work in the magazine, so I'm not doing a spare hours to, to do this. But you yeah. do.
1: Yeah,
0: we do. It's something we feel strongly about, and that's why we do it. But we are looking forward to getting it done and having a closing ceremony ourselves.
2: Oh, yes, that would be <laughs> nice. That
0: would be so nice. <laughs> that would be lovely.
2: We thought we would get more support from local councils, but we didn't.
0: Huh.
2: And we started a campaign in social media, just asking them, saying, um, Dandy, uh, in, uh, in your town, there were five women executed for the crime of witchcraft. Please sign the petition. But they didn't answer. Oh. I guess because they need to, to debate it. Okay. It's not like the mayor signs the petition. They need to bring the petition and debate it in the council. Ah.
0: So we take more time. There might be different views on it. But in a sense, it doesn't matter because you got got to where you needed to be. And with overwhelming support, I mean, 80%. No.
3: No, now
2: it doesn't matter. And now we see that it doesn't matter.
0: We've had great support from politicians so far, and Natalie Dawn is the MSP who's bringing the private bill, private legislation, so Mm -hmm. now part of our work is letting politicians know about the campaign and let them understand the concept behind it, because if you just hear the phrase, we want to pardon witches, people think, what, Is, is that a joke? But when they understand, when they hear the true story of what happened to people, then everyone we've spoken to is in agreement that something should happen. So keep your fingers crossed for us on International Women's Day this year. We hopefully will hear from the Scottish Government and we'll just keep going with the legislation. Do stay in contact and very much hopefully you'll be able to celebrate with us one day soon.
1: Now our second guest today is somebody who's already been with us before and it is the artist, former lawyer, Laura Graham, who is doing a fantastic, like breathtaking idea on the very, very early, 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 early morning of <laughs> International Women's Day, which Claire and I are definitely Definitely going to get up for, and we're going to need to have a nap probably afterwards. But it's half past five in the morning, but Laura's going to give us full details now. So welcome to the podcast again, Laura Graham. We are very, very happy to have back on a guest that we had in episode 40 and that is the artist Laura Graham who's doing something really incredibly special on International Women's Day and we wanted to get Laura on so that Laura could describe what's happening so that people can get involved in it. So without any further ado Laura thank you for coming back and hello again.
3: Hi it's great to be back. Yeah after the podcast I'd expressed on the podcast that I'd love to have restaged this artwork in Edinburgh in the place really where for the Scottish people it all began you know with Holyrood House and King James the Sixth, James I and his interrogation of at the time Agnes Samson and I was approached by fire station creative in Dunfermline, a fantastic gallery that has really basically come out the ashes of the fire station there and just puts on amazing performances Artists, caffeine, various other things. Ian Moore contacted me anyway, and he said he'd be interested in starting again or, you know, just doing another performance. And then the possibility of International Women's Day came up, and I applied to the City of Edinburgh Council for a licence. So on the morning at dawn on International Women's Day on Carlton Hill, I'll restage this event, this live art event. It's called Soul Murder 5, after the other soul murders that have taken place. And it's called The Exoneration of Agnes Sampson. I'm restaging the burning of the figure. She's covered in linen and wax. She stands. I mean, she's about six foot four, actually. She's a big lady. And um, around her to keep the public back. If anybody comes at that time in the morning, I have to be realistic here. <laughs> I have thousands of candles that are lying on their sides. And I'm calling these soul candles of the people who in the past have been accused, tortured, accused, um, strangled and burned for witchcraft in Scotland. So when people see the numbers of these candles on the ground, you get an idea of how many people we're talking about. It really is horrifying.
0: We'd mentioned in last week's podcast this would you call it an effigy I mean is that what it is it's made of iron and wax and material what would you call her?
3: I wouldn't call her an effigy because effigies tend to represent living people and they're used actually in activities to possibly cause harm but sometimes to heal but that's not the intention here the intention is a transformational fire commonly These situations and Agnes Sampson and the other people accused in the North Berwick Witch Trials were all burned round about lunchtime or early afternoon to get as many people as possible to attend, to frighten the society. And the reason this is at dawn is as a transformation, a fire of transformation to just reimagine this whole situation and own it for for women and for women, contemporary women of today and maybe for the Scottish psyche. Because I grew up in Scotland knowing all about this and at some level I was terrified by it. Maybe you two are the same. I want to sort of grab it back a wee bit and say this is a new time, a new consciousness.
0: Well, we're certainly hoping it is a new time. And I have seen photographs of this piece of artwork that you've staged before and it's really powerful. And in fact, I think you've actually gone so far as to warn people about what it is and what they will see.
3: Well, it is a life-size figure and it's really quite, it can be quite intimidating and it could be quite upsetting. I do think it's really important that people understand that they are going to see what will look like a a figure burning, not like a Guy Fawkes figure, not sitting on top of a bonfire, we slumped thing. This is a much stronger image than that. And it's also very heavily packed so that it's going to burn for some time. People really need to be aware of the fact that you can be quite upset by it. I personally have found it quite hard at points when I've done this. This is not an entertainment. This is much, much more than that. This is a memorial, and it's bringing awareness and consciousness to something that we have to uncover. I believe we have to uncover it to move on as a society. And I'm so thankful to you two for actually having the courage to do this. It's not an easy process, and it can bring up an awful lot on other people.
0: When we started this process, we didn't think two years on, we would still be so busy, and we're grateful for it, but it's certainly quite a lot, and we're really looking forward to the focus of International Women's Day. I don't think as well we really had a notion of what's
1: going on in the in the modern day with this issue. So I think this is particularly affecting because it's not only commemorating what happened and talking about what happened, it's, it really is a signal about what is going on in various places that's really quite terrifying. So I think you know, you're right to sort of forewarn people that it's moving and, and very, very powerful because it, like you're saying, it's not a spectacle. It's a very serious,
3: serious thing. It's a very serious thing and sadly and reprehensibly, people are dying this way at the moment in different parts of the world and we really have to be aware of that this is not just an art event it's more than that um but it is still art it's so people can be assured of that and they can be relaxed into it but it's a uh, it's challenging yeah and dawn is an early time day to get up
1: there and i are working up to it <laughs> we can't we can't wait though to come and see it because we think it'll be absolutely amazing and also we're really hopeful that a lot of people will come to it and how do people access it do they need to a place? Do they
3: just turn up? There is an Eventbrite site that has been set up. Not so much for people to pay. This is not a paid event. This is an open event to the public. Calden Hill is opened and it it remains open. We are planning on having people at the bottom of Calden Hill and the Blenheim Place site at 5.30 in the morning and for people to meet there and then we'll all walk up together. And because of the nature of this and because fire is involved, we have to be very careful with health and safety. And the nature of the art piece means that these candles will be lying on their side around the art piece in a large circle. So nobody will be able to come close. I mean, the numbers of candles that are lying down mean that I need a 19 meter across space by this figure to even get these candles round. It's a huge number of people who were prosecuted over these two, 300 years. So we will then have people just stand around the edge back from the fire. The event will take place over a period of about maybe 60 minutes. Fire burns very fast. It's a wood fire. Then you see the charred remains of the metal. It's quite a statement. So I hope people are interested enough to come.
0: Well, we're really grateful. And I think there's also a lot of people, I'm sure, that will have great interest but just won't be able to get there. I actually saw a couple of people, one of the people I think has already been on the show, and some people saying, we'd love to go, but public transport won't allow us to get there that early. So there are practical considerations that mean that people won't be able to see. But are we going to be able to watch it online if we can't come at some point in the future? Are you going to record this?
3: Yeah, I've got... um... A drone operator to just get images from just above where we are and two cameras will be set up to film the figure. And in June in Fire Station Creative, there will be an exhibition of this work in completeness. So the figure will be there, the candles and the film that will be made from it will be there. So people will be able to see this and have a coffee at the same time. It's, fire it's, station Creative. I have
1: been to the fire station. It's great. It's really great. <laughs> So if you've not been there before and you just wouldn't really expect it maybe in Dunfermline in the way that it is. So it's a really great place to go so people can visit that in, in the future. Because yeah. we often get asked by people, you know, where can I travel in Scotland to go and go to places that are linked in some way to the witch trials? So hopefully people are in, in the area at that time, they can come along and see it. And we'll keep people up to date with that through the podcast and through our social media. It's been brilliant talking to you, Laura, and I, I really cannot wait to see what happens that day, I think it's going to be really moving and amazing.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you for asking me back on. I really appreciate this. Thanks so
1: much for joining us for another episode of the Witches of Scotland podcast. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up, so please do keep in touch with us on social media. You're going to be sick of the sight of us. Because there are several things that are getting recorded over the next wee while that you're going to see, which we can't really talk about because it'll, you'll see, right? You'll understand when you see them.
0: I could use some of my wigs and like change my appearance for each one. That might, you know, I maybe like—is that her? Or is that not her?
1: I'm enjoying the very short hair. I think yeah. it's cool.
3: I'd I like I'd it.
0: Long hair wigs. I've got blonde-haired wigs. I've got dark
1: wigs. But then people will get also confused and they'll think, "Who is who's that other poop pers- pooping?
0: Who's?" <laughs> I really hope they don't think who's that other Poopin. I'm not trying to project Poopin. No.
1: (laughs) But people will get confused and they'll think, who's that other person with Zoe? This (laughs) this revolving, glamorous, blonde cast (laughs) that keeps coming into different things. No, I think stick with your hair like that. It looks marvelous. But we we're on various things. So the best way to keep up to date with what's happening and the progress of the campaign and so on is definitely to get in touch with us on our social media. So we are on as ever, we're on Instagram. Well, clear it's clear it does Instagram. We're on Facebook, where we've got a page. it's not really so much interactive, but it's definitely you can message us a wee bit on there. But the best place to talk to us is on Twitter because we're on there far more than they, and we talked to lots of people on Twitter, so that's really useful. I would mention at this point as well our poor sainted sound engineer David, who is now I have to do mental maths. Forty eight episodes past what he foolishly suggested he do many many moons ago, he has got because we obviously don't pay him. We make no money from this. It's all, it's all for gratis on top of our actual day jobs. So we don't have any money to pay David, unfortunately. But we do have the Ko-Fi coffee. So if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please buy David a coffee or, and, and or, and Stroke or. We have our merchandise of which I'm using just now. I always have my Witches of Scotland mug. You can't see that. I've just lifted up to the camera just to show clear. Make
0: a noise, so he makes some kind of like hooves. Noise, like, look like-
1: thereby making several people that have the same issue that I have with the sound of people eating and drinking sick into <laughs> their into their podcast time. But anyway, we've got mugs, T-shirts, hoodies, blankety-blank, checkbook and pens. We don't have that.
0: Fondue set. Oh, Tilly fondue. toy.
1: Do you know, I naturally have got a fondue set, which I've never used. It was a little in the middle purchase. Let's have a fondue. Yeah. Mm, melted cheese.
0: I do have a fondue set. Do you but... use it? No, I got it, I found it in a charity shop and it's a La Creuset one in the charity shop in Stockbridge in Edinburgh, where else? Where yeah, else? that's quite
1: where fancy. And, yeah.
0: And I found it and we had one fondue night and then it was all so fiddly and tricky. It's just sat there. Yeah. I don't have like a Le Creuset type, that type of one. I've got one that's a
1: reclette. It's like the little shovels and you're meant to like cook meat in them if you want meat or like veggie things or the cheese. I've never actually used it though.
0: Let's have a fondue night, do
1: we? Let's do it. Let's cook things in tiny shovels on a hot plate.
0: Eh, and drink. What could go wrong? Nothing. I actually want to... Burn cheese? My, burnt my lip. That's exactly yeah. what could go wrong in those circumstances. Yeah.
1: And also the little stick things are pretty pointy. So, yeah. oh, God, <laughs> we have to pace ourselves. We'd have to pace the snowballs that night. Anyway... Anywho, so thank you for listening again today. Is there anything else we need to mention at this juncture, Claire? No, we usually
0: talk about how you're doing training.
1: Yeah, I know. I don't want to get into, you know, giving people too much information because, as I mentioned before, it's Mm -hmm. governmental and Mm -hmm. we're on to some quite serious Mm -hmm. issues of national security now with my... With my um,
0: stables, yeah, I think it's possible. It's it's probably best that you just like literally don't say anything more about raccoons. Yeah, or ravens. I'll just.
1: But do you know what though? Uh oh, there's a lot of crows around, isn't there? No, well, here we go. But there are though. Like, are there more than there used to be, or am I just noticing them more?
0: They're just. Is it like an end of days vibe? No, they're just flocking around you because they sense your natural training that's going on. I mean, don't you think those ravens say to other ravens? yeah what's going on that's what's happening that it's getting around town literally birds of a feather yeah
1: yeah they are
0: flocking yeah. together around you
1: god above honestly what has become of us claire
0: you're going to need the raccoons for protection quite soon how tall are raccoons tiny well i mean, I mean really
1: tiny raccoons. like how small like as small as like um a chicken
0: I mean, first of all, I'm wondering why you're asking me that given you're training them. That's it's, it's oh, yeah.
1: oh, because, because I'll oh, tell I you, cannot wait. they're very, very shy. So I train them in a darkened room. I, ha- I hadn't actually mentioned that before. Yeah,
0: they're not very shy. Those aren't eye masks that they're wearing, <laughs> it's like they're fur markings. God, what is wrong with me? Do you think Eddie Brazil's got any raccoons? I don't know, but if you go, there definitely will be ones because they'll be following you along with the train yeah. of birds, the harbingers of doom. You wait 20 years from now, Scotland will be overrun
1: with raccoons and it'll all be on my fault and that'll be the end of days it will be brought by the raccoons. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we digress as per. So thank you so much for joining us for this this podcast. And if you're still listening at this point in the nonsense,
3: good on you.
0: Well done. Bye. Okay. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about the Witches of Scotland, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for our mailing list at www.witchesofscotland.com to keep updated with the campaign. On that site, you'll be able to find how to link with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.